This is EntreEd Talk, the podcast for entrepreneurial educators by entrepreneurial educators. We are your hosts, Toy Hirschman and Amber Ravenscroft. This podcast is created by the National Consortium for Entrepreneurship Education, or EntreEd for short. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of EntreEd Talk. We are delighted to be here today with Ashley Blackburn. She is the Director of Programs at Uncharted Learning. Before joining the Uncharted team last year, Ashley spent 12 years leading experiential learning efforts at the university level, working with faculty, co-curricular educators, and community partners to create local and global internships, service learning, and research opportunities as a way for college students to more deeply engage in and reflect on their own learning. Most recently, she directed Dartmouth College's institution-wide experiential learning initiative to integrate experiential learning as a core aspect of the Dartmouth experience. Ashley is excited to contribute what she's learned about experiential learning to the field of K-12 entrepreneurship education and is especially energized by the opportunity to build students' entrepreneurial mindsets and creative capacities. Hi, Ashley. Welcome. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. Ashley and I have been talking for a couple weeks, so her, I mean, like, a couple months now. Her stuff is so cool, Toy. Just wait. <laughs> wait till you hear about Uncharted. We'd like to start with a kick off the conversation around your own entrepreneurial journey. And so growing up, how did you imagine where you would be versus where you are today? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, what a question for today when we think about what's happening in the world today. I never imagined that we would be facing some of the things that we are right now. I think as a lot of people do, I I probably thought that my journey would be rather linear um, and quickly discovered that there would be lots of twists and turns and some of those would be self-initiated and others would be sort of imposed on me by, you know, graduating college straight into a recession with an English degree um, from a private liberal arts college. Um, And just sort of embracing a a flexible mindset, I think, you know, pretty early on in my career, my journey didn't look like what I thought it would, but I think that's, that's probably the story for a lot of us. Definitely is. We have that conversation quite often because you go to school and you feel like that that's your trajectory because that's what you were told to do. And then all of a sudden it didn't, doesn't kind of feel right or doesn't, you get some other opportunity and you go, it's, it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting journey for sure. So I just met Ashley, so I'm excited to to learn more about her. Um, you started out in the higher ed space, so can you talk a little bit about that experience and the differences that you're seeing between those kind of those populations, the higher ed and K through twelve? Yeah, absolutely. I actually, I originally planned, going back to the pivots that I've made, um, I originally planned to be a high school English teacher. And again, the world was changing pretty rapidly as I was getting ready to graduate college. And I knew that I would have to make some shifts. And so I I had been heavily involved in in college, I think as a lot of kids are, you know, had different leadership roles and um, had done a lot of experiential learning myself. And so I started making my way more into the higher ed space and realizing that college faculty are actually not trained to teach um, in the ways that K-12 educators are. And that college faculty had a lot of great ideas and just maybe needed help actioning them. Um, So I really, in the 12 years that I spent in higher ed, most of my jobs, one of the common threads was that 
I would support faculty in their teaching in different ways. They would have these wild ideas and they just wouldn't really be sure how to bring them to reality. You know, I worked with faculty who they wanted to take students to other countries to experience professional conferences or, you know, I had a professor of anthropology who wanted to take students to an actual dig in South Africa. And so they would have these great ideas and they just wouldn't know exactly logistically how to navigate the resources, how to support students, you know, in their holistic development and learning. And so I spent about 12 years doing that. And what I was starting to see was that more and more students were coming forward and saying, okay, I get it. Experiential learning is great. Um, I did internships. I did service learning. I studied abroad. But now I want to start my own venture. I have my own idea. I don't want to do the things that you've designed for me anymore. I want to do my own thing. And how do I do that? And so I started really seeing this rise of interest in entrepreneurship. And I started feeling like it's great when they when students and faculty are coming to these opportunities at the college level, but we really need to reach them earlier. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started just kind of exploring the landscape of what's being done in K-12 education around entrepreneurship. And that was how I found Uncharted. The big difference, I think, to answer your question between what do I see in K-12 and what do I see in higher ed? I actually think there are a lot of parallels. I just, I think they need each other. I think that, like I said, higher ed, they need help really on the kind of pedagogical side. How do you teach this? They're not trained to do that. Whereas K-12 educators are expert teachers. They know how to manage a classroom. They know all the best instructional strategies. What they need is industry connections. You know, they need help having students apply what they're learning in ways that college faculty, I think, have a lot more freedom. You know, you can't just take your high school class to South Africa. It's a shame. (laughs) Right. So so that's where I see the difference. And I don't see it as, you know, college faculty need to help K-12 faculty or vice versa. I really think we all need to come to this space together and see what what assets and knowledge and ideas we bring. I think think that's that's so powerful. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and it's, that's a, a huge kind of wall to climb over because it, it, for some reason there's, there's always been that separation and you're right. You know, they have, they ha- equally have a lot to gain from one another. So, yeah, and they don't talk to each other yeah. typically. So not, you know, not on purpose, I, not by design. I, I just think it's sort of, we stick to our circles. Right. And that's, that can be unfortunate sometimes, those missed opportunities of imagine the conversations, imagine the collaboration opportunities um, if you got these people together. Yeah, I think that's so interesting You're, to your point about like K-12 teachers are taught to teach and college professors are taught to be experts in their field. But like that disconnect with teaching is so interesting to me. I've seen that multiple times. Like I have brilliant professors that truly just could not teach what they were passionate about to their children to their students. So I'm curious about Dartmouth College's transformation in this idea of experiential learning, because I feel like a lot of places are shifting to that. So can you talk a little bit about what you did in that space and like what specific changes they implemented? Sure. It was was a really interesting um, professional challenge and opportunity because Dartmouth actually, especially among the Ivy League institutions, Dartmouth was already pretty highly experiential. 
um, you know, a huge percentage of students studied abroad. Um, the freshmen who are coming into Dartmouth participate in a, a week long outdoor experience. That's their orientation is they actually, you know, they go hiking or they go canoeing or they go kayaking or whatever it is. I think really what my job was, was to help connect the academics and these, what were often seen as extracurricular or co-curricular experiences. And so to help faculty realize that if you're going to do experiential learning, that doesn't mean that you have to take students to another country. What it means is you need to give students real applied opportunities to engage in their learning and reflect on what they're learning. And you can do that on campus. So it was, it was more of a mindset shift, I think, for our faculty than it was, you know, like a mandate or a, a structural change or anything like that. And for me, it was a lot of fun because the way we went about it, we tried to incentivize faculty to take these chances and take new risks in their teaching by offering grants and offering really dedicated support and partnerships, um, folks that would help them actually, you know, enact these ideas that they had. Transition considering I just like a little background on what Andre Ed and Toy and I see often is this idea that teachers at the K 12 level view experiential learning as kind of like those extracurriculars that you're mentioning or entrepreneurship as an extracurricular, like you're mentioning. But we don't take they're like viewing it on a much smaller scale than taking students to Africa, but it's still the same mindset that you can do this in your own classroom, which I think is fascinating. Those parallels there. Yeah, and that's what we talk about all the time is how you bring, in, in even the smallest way, how you can bring some of that into what you're, what you're doing, what your content area is. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And bring it to the classroom, that you don't actually need to get students off campus to do really powerful experiential learning. It's, it's a pedagogy. It's a way of teaching. Um, it's breaking up your lecture and engaging students differently and really building in the reflection. Um, so that was... I think that was the biggest shift I was starting to see was I felt like the reflective capacity at Dartmouth was going up, that there was so much more conversation about, you know, how are we getting students to capture their learning and think about what they're learning and put it into practice in new ways. It was awesome. <laughs> Great job. That sounds like it does sound like a lot of fun and to see them, to see that, to be there and see that shift and, and to be a part of it. So you did also shift. And then you're now the director of programs at Uncharted Learning. Um, <laughs> I know that Amber, Amber prepped me. This is going to be cool to learn. But can you talk a little bit about Uncharted and Uncharted and uh, and what you guys are doing? What makes Uncharted unique? I am more than happy to. I could talk for more time than we have about this. Um, it's been such a rewarding professional shift um, and energizing in all new ways. So Uncharted Learning is a not-for-profit organization where we provide entrepreneurship education, so curriculum and professional development to teachers across the country um, that are using our programs and teaching our programs as part of the student's academic experience. So all of our programs are taught as a class um, where students are being guided through the entrepreneurial journey from start to finish. Um, so we have elementary, middle, and high school programs. And in all of those programs, students are going through the entrepreneurial process. They're learning how to identify problems in their communities and see them as opportunities. 
they're generating ideas for solutions and they're learning how to brainstorm and be creative in new ways. And then they're actually bringing their solutions to market um, in all of our programs. So even at the elementary level, um, students have the opportunity to put up their products on an e-commerce platform and engage with the market you know, in real ways, in real time. Um, and at the high school level, kind of on the other end of the spectrum, students are bringing their products to the world, their products and services, their ideas, and they have the opportunity to pitch to actual investors for seed funding at the end of the experience. So, you know, my, my main reaction when I learned about this was, where was this when I was in school? <laughs> I feel like I would have gone in a completely different direction. Um, and I think what I, what I really love about what we're doing is that we're not looking at this as just for future business majors. Um, it, all of our curriculum is designed to guide students through this process, regardless of what they wanna do going forward. Most of our students end up being college bound, but not all of them are going to study business. And so what makes me, you know, what really gets me excited about this is um, these students are going on to become entrepreneurial teachers or doctors or lawyers or whatever they go forward and do, they're learning to approach problems differently and have the confidence to really, you know, uh, generate their own solutions. Can I say amen to that? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> that's, that's so, that's so awesome. I'm curious, what, is, it's a, is it a full year course? Is it a full year course at every level? Yeah, so we'll talk about, I think the high school program, that was um, our first program. It actually started as a very local solution to a local problem, which was in our home district, the the business courses were, were still being taught kind of as last century. And so mm -hmm. it was the community, it was parents, it was members of the Board of Education, the Education Foundation, volunteers that all came together and said, this isn't how business works in the world anymore and we need to shift. And so as soon as that happened, I think, you know, other districts started saying, hey, would you be willing to share this? And <clears throat> so that's how as a nonprofit organization, we, you know, we were able to form and help other districts move in the same direction. Um, so the, the high school program is called Incubator EDU. That's the original program um, that got started in Barrington, Illinois, and still continues to this day. Um, that program is a year long, and it's, again, it's an academic program. It's often offered through the business department, but not always. And I think one of the differentiators that you had asked before about this is that students work in teams throughout the whole year. So they actually form, you know, they form a team. They work in that team throughout the entire year. They identify a problem. They generate solutions. And they go through all the ups and downs and the messiness that you can imagine that all of our teams in the real world go through. So, and that's important to us um, that we're not producing solopreneurs, that we're actually, we're really preparing students to collaborate and connect and harness the power of a team. And so they get to do that right, really right from the first early weeks of the, of the curriculum. And I've been in an incubator classroom and you can't call it a classroom. Like they had, oh. they shift the, 
you truly feel like you're in an incubator space. Like it is designed to, if you walk into it, not know that you are in a school, which is awesome for the students to feel like they're really a part of something that's this experiential process. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about the mentorship piece because you hinted that this this came from a problem where the community was like, there's not a lot of involvement for these students. And can you talk about the mentorship component of incubator edu and how it's delivered i think is really unique to the program yeah absolutely and this actually loops back to the question you know that we were discussing earlier about the difference between k-12 and college educators so for k-12 educators one of their biggest challenges is they have been trained in education a lot of them if they were teachers starting out if they weren't career changers they might not have direct experience in the industry that they're teaching And so one of our really core values is that we want all of our programs to be industry connected and have that real world application. So we want our students experiencing what is it really like in a startup? What is it really like in the business world now? Um, And so the way we do that is, you know, we can't ask teachers to cover all of those bases. It's just, it's not possible for one person to have all of the expertise and all of the connections and all of the knowledge um, to pull that off. And so our teachers are core to the experience, but they're supported by volunteers. Um, So we have mentors and coaches that actually come in and they teach, some of the lessons are taught by coaches. Um, So like the legal unit, for example, will be taught by an actual practicing attorney who comes in um, sometimes for multiple days at a time and teaches those sessions. Um, so students get to connect with an actual lawyer and ask, you know, real questions about how do I incorporate and what are the things I need to be considering. And then we also have mentors and the mentors are the ones that are actually working with the teams. So as they start forming their business idea um, and working with their solution, then the mentors are are really the ones that are right there with them, um, meeting with them typically weekly at least and guiding them through that process. And we've seen some amazing mentorship relationships that have come out of this. Uh, We have some students out in Naperville who get together uh, in the morning and play basketball with their mentor, in addition to having their, you know, coffee meetings and things like that. And that's what we love to see is these relationships that are being built, the networking that's happening at such an early stage in in these kids' careers. I can't even say kids. These students' careers is is pretty incredible. So... How do you guys find the men- the mentors and the business and the community connections for the teachers, or do you help guide them to find them themselves? Because I know that's that's a lot of we talk a lot about like expanding in entrepreneurship and getting the community involved, and that's always a hurdle for teachers because it's not like you said, it's not something they're used to doing. Yeah, that's it's a great question. So our model, and we've come to this pretty purposefully, is that we help the schools stand up the communities around them and it's not a plug and play model. We're not saying, you know, here's your roster of coaches and mentors and then they come to your school and then they leave. What we really want is schools to start building out their entrepreneurial ecosystems around the school um, because those are the lasting relationships and, you know, support systems that we feel like schools can really benefit from. So we have a process of doing that we have what we call a community champion model. So as we're bringing new schools on board, we help them, um, we help them really think about 
what kind of person, what kind of teacher do you need for this class? And schools hire their own teachers, but then we also help them identify within their chamber of commerce, within their rotary, within their parent volunteer boards, who might be a really strong community champion who can help you then identify and recruit all these other potential volunteers. You know, they get out their Rolodex, if that's even still a thing, and <laughs> and they are the ones who are identifying, you know, hey, I know, I know a lawyer, I know um, an accountant, I know just all of these different maybe local business owners who might be great volunteers. And so they're helping to, to really stack that deck with the schools. I know the incubator at Mundelein High School, um, which is where my, my in-laws work, and they really have strengthened their family engagement because they're utilizing parents and like it's giving them a much more strong presence in the school, which I think is awesome because we talk a lot about family engagement and support of entrepreneurship education from a student perspective that sometimes parents can be an underlying factor of whether or not they even pursue some of these approaches to things. So it's a really unique approach to tying in the community, tying in parents, strengthening student empowerment, all kinds of cool things happen in that space. Yeah. And you, you hit it. I think really that when we think about volunteer opportunities at a high school, you might be able to work at a bake sale or, you know, be part of the PTA or the, you know, those kinds of roles, but these are much more substantial and engaging volunteer opportunities for parents. Mm -hmm. One of the side benefits that I've seen is when members of the community go in and they have to teach for maybe multiple days in a row, maybe multiple sections in a row, they come out saying, you know, teachers need more support. Uh, we need to do more for our schools. Um, let me write you a check or let me advocate for you. Or I'm going to vote differently in the next referendum because now I've seen it and I've lived it and I thought I knew what teaching was, but holy cow, I had no idea. So that's been a really nice side benefit. And that's one of the reasons that we want the volunteers to come from the communities um, where the schools are situated because they become the biggest champions of their schools and their teachers. That you bridge that gap too. It's kind of like the same. So you have the gap with the K through 12 and the higher ed, and then this is the, the K through 12 and the community. Yeah. I know. I mean, just from, from t speaking with teachers, like I know teachers, they want that, but they don't know how to, to get that moving. So sure. I'm excited that you have that, that framework to kind of help them navigate that. It's, 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 a it, you know, all teachers want that involvement and want that real world piece but don't know how to get it and it does seem daunting and I remember when I was a teacher oh, yeah. I was like, get this person why would they want to help me out you know right and it is still daunting I mean I think our teachers are superheroes they are managing you know it, it's not like teaching a regular course the all the different moving parts that they have to facilitate um, and that's why you know I think a certain type of teacher is really critical for this one of the other benefits I think is that we are we're transforming high school teaching. You know, you cannot teach this course without yourself becoming an entrepreneurial thinker. Um, and then I have to believe, and I've seen this in action with, you know, in a lot of our um, teachers that when they go to teach their other courses, they're approaching their other courses differently. And so that's the, the, the kind of large scale transformation, cultural transformation. That's what I get really excited about.
we just had a conversation about this like or with our earlier interview because it's so important and I, I do want to go to the question about mindset because that's what you're speaking to is there is a very big underlying current to anything involved in entrepreneurship education is that those mindsets trans you know completely transform any person that is involved with them so I, I was wondering if you could speak a little to entrepreneurial mindset specifically and does uncharted have a definition of entrepreneurial mindset that you advocate for and like why why is it important that we be promoting this for everyone yeah that's a it's a great question um you know, I think mindset is one of these things. It's kind of a, a hot, a hot topic, sort of a buzzword right now, right? <laughs> you applied in all different contexts, um, especially with growth mindset and just kind of the the rise of that approach. I think what makes it so powerful is that it cuts across all of these different silos. And so, one of the questions I've always had about education is, why? How did we come to break up subjects? in in this particular format why these majors why these classes you know it just it never made complete sense to me and so entrepreneurial mindset i think is something that regardless of what you're studying regardless of what you're majoring in you can apply what you're learning and you know build your skill set and capacity in these ways that will serve you no matter what you do going forward we don't have an official definition that we've adopted of entrepreneurial mindset besides the fact that we know what we're trying to produce in students, which is resilience, creativity, problem solving, you know, these kinds of skills, the 21st century learning skills that we know students need going forward. In addition to their content knowledge, we're looking at behaviors, skills, and knowledge kind of all at once. That's the goal. I love that you said that because that's a kind of a passion of mine as well, that we I guess we did that back, um, you know, we started after the war and decided that we needed to be, okay, now I'm in science, now I'm in math, now I'm in, and there's, it's still largely like that where there's no thread. And that's why I'm like, entrepreneurship is the thread. You can connect all your stuff together and it, and it makes, then it makes more sense and it's more real world. And so that's, well, yes. But we're the radicals, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to we're actively trying to disrupt that existing mindset so that entrepreneurial mindsets can thrive mm -hmm. they're gonna have to I mean you got to we do a lot of stuff on the future of work as the foundation of why this is so important that we start addressing this like yesterday Hi all, we are super excited to offer an exclusive discount for our listeners to attend this year's EntreEd Forum taking place on November 18th and 19th in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We have an incredible lineup of speakers and experiential learning opportunities to help you ignite entrepreneurial thinking and integrate entrepreneurship into your learning communities. Use promo code EntreEdTalk to receive 5% off of every individual registration. Again, that's promo code EntreEdTalk. To learn more about the forum and register, visit www.entra-ed.org today and subscribe for updates as we launch new things happening every week as part of the planning for the forum. Thanks. See you there. We just had a conversation earlier today about kids being bored and kids not really getting why they are learning things. And with all of the, with all of the kind of entrepreneurial opportunities and the technology and everything, now kids are like, you know what? I don't get why I'm learning it this way and I can just go learn it on YouTube and oh, yeah. I 
create this thing and I can do so they're they're starting to see it and they're starting to kind of push back I think and we I mean we need to meet them where they are and go further could not agree more I was really encouraged by the thinking when I was at Dartmouth and I see this also you know as I've continued at Uncharted that you know information is no longer the purpose of education you can go online to get information And some people would even argue that you can go online and develop your knowledge um, because knowledge is information, you know, on another level. Mm -hmm. But this whole um, more advanced level of, I don't know what I would even call it. Maybe you guys have a good term for this, but applied knowledge and applied information. That's really what I think we're talking about. Being able to take in information and experiences and content and then translate that into something productive you know to be able to do a project from start to finish to have the confidence to tackle a problem to come up with your own solutions that's entrepreneurship that's what we're talking about and so that to me is something that you can't get online i don't think that you could learn to be an entrepreneur strictly by taking in information right you have to have people who are guiding you through the process of how to apply it and how to you know be flexible and address challenges differently. And that's where I see, you know, when I think about experiential learning, that's the big connection point to me is entrepreneurship is this applied form of learning. So that's what I think we're trying to do. And it can be done from a distance. I just, it can't be done without human connection, right? And people in your network guiding you through this process. I'm just going to raise the roof. (laughs) You can't read the textbook on entrepreneurship and then all of a sudden become an entrepreneur, right? It's not that simple. You have to actually do it. (laughs) You have to do it to be it. So, and that's what I think really we're trying to do with teachers and students. That is so, so powerful that we've shifted so much with, like you said, the knowledge is there. We've got knowledge in our pockets, but it's, that I think that's where the entrepreneurship education part comes in, where you have these guides, you know, cause like my, my kid got a guitar and my first thought was, I'm going to get you some lessons. And he's like, I don't want any lessons. I'm like, well, how are you going to learn a guitar? He's like, YouTube. And at first my first, you know, spontaneous thought was, well, that doesn't, you can't do that. And then I didn't, I sat back and went, wait a minute, you can do that. And maybe I can help you find some good stuff. And, and I think that that's where, the entrepreneurship educator comes in. It's like, okay, you've got all this. Let, help, let me help you make sense of all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Let me, you know, vet good resources. And, you know, and I think that that kind of that facilitation idea is where it's at and in a safe place because they're still technically students. So who cares if you fall flat on your face? You know? Right. Right. Exactly. What, what a better place to do that than when you have, you know, strong, capable, um, compassionate adults to help pick you back up. Um, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of talk. I'm sure you guys have, have talked about this before, but just about failure and the impact of failure and failure being part of the process. To me, it's, it's not even failure. We're not, that has such a terminal implication to it. It's more just like, you know what, this is part of the process. This is making mistakes and getting back up. That's, part of the journey. It's not a failure. It's just one point along your journey. 
So, you know, I've, I've long thought of teaching and education as being a process of having students' backs and getting out of their way. And that's what I think we need more of. And I think that's what, what students need more of is just to be unleashed, but also to continue to be supported in that. So I, you know, that's really what we're trying to do. I love that. Have students backs and get out of their way. I think that's, we're just going to start making slogans from all of our guests. <laughs> we're going to have t-shirts. We're just going to sell them. Uh, I mean, on that note, like we like to end with, you know, what is the, would you consider that your parting advice for educators interested in this space? Or is there any kind of final tangible, if they're new, I'll say that with this, like, say you're an educator in any classroom, like you're an English teacher, you're a math teacher. What do you feel would be like a good first step for somebody in this space? I'll pose it that way. I'll reframe a little bit. <laughs> Honestly, I think one of a one of the good first steps would be to try to do this yourself. Try and open your own mind. I really believe this is something that we can't guide students through unless we've reflected on our own learning in this space. And I love that you started our conversation this way. Like, you know, how has your life been entrepreneurial and what was your journey like? I think that's the place teachers need to start is think for themselves, what, you know, what do they want to change about teaching their own teaching? And then just in general education as, as an industry and really think about their role in that and reflect on what they can contribute and what they've been through and how that can really, you know, lead them to a new place in their teaching. I think I would just encourage teachers to take risks. I think a lot of times we can get so complacent in our lesson plans and in the curriculum, and that's not what this is about. I've, I've heard from lots of our teachers that this has re-energized and refreshed their teaching in, in ways that they never even imagined. And so, you know, that's the place I would start with teachers is just take some time to think about your role in this and you know, what do you want to contribute to your classroom and your students, but also to the future of education? What a great way to end. That's <laughs> so powerful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this opportunity. This was great. Yeah, no, I'm, we're, we're, I mean, I have been wanting to get you on the podcast for a while since I started learning about Uncharted. So we're very thankful for you. Um, where can the people that are listening go to learn more about the programming that you're doing or just to connect with you if they have any questions? How would it be best to reach you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are at unchartedlearning.org and you can visit us there. And you're welcome to find me on LinkedIn, Ashley Blackburn. You're welcome to connect with me via email, Ashley at unchartedlearning.org, whatever. Reach out however you would like. Great. Well, thank you so much, Ash. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks, Ashley.